Sunday Sunday Groove, episode 28. I'm your host, David Sunday. This is a music podcast that is actually monthly, usually. Um, thanks for joining us. This is actually part three of a Metallica miniseries that I originally was just doing to kind of reinvigorate my interest in it. And then I realized today that it's kind of like my three-year celebration, because that was uh, three years ago in August that I started this podcast. So it's only perfect and appropriate that I start doing something that like about a topic that I'm passionate about, like super passionate about. Um, So anyway, for part three of the Metallica miniseries, I've got my friend Sam Neely on the line. So how are you doing today, man? I am doing all right. It's Saturday. Uh, It's getting cool enough that I don't have to run uh, the constant air conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's still sunny enough that it's nice outside. Not that I can really go anywhere except to take the dog out. Right. <laughs> you know, just a just a normal old day. Six months into a quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, for listeners, um, last episode I did. Uh, well, I'll start with it. The first episode I did Black Album. Uh, last episode I did Load and Reload, where Russell, Greg, and I made our own perfectly mixed album uh, called Fully Loaded. Um, and this month we're going to talk about S&M. And we might even talk about Metallica. Um, but I have uh, Sam here. I know that was album that he likes the best as, or he's most familiar with is S&M. Um, Definitely so we'll get like to... the best. <laughs> oh, yeah, I figured so. <laughs> um, but before we get to that, we always talk about current spins, things we're currently listening to. Um, Sam, what, what have you been listening to lately? That is a good question because the number one place I listen to music is in the car or when I'm working in the office. Mm -hmm. Uh, right now I'm working from home. I go into the office once a week, so that's really my only car time. And usually I kind of use that to listen to podcasts. Um, cause when I work from home, I normally have YouTube videos playing in the background. So I've actually been listening mostly to podcasts. Uh, there has been there have been some there's been some music that's popped up here and there that I've thought, hey, that's pretty good, and added it to my to my current spins list. Um, did you watch the uh, Did you watch the old Roswell show on the CW or WB or whatever it was called back then? I didn't know. So there's a remake of that show now um, mm-hmm. that's currently on, and there was in the I guess it was the season finale. There was an original song that one of the characters sang, like in a bar. It's called uh, "When You Come Home," and the artist is Tyler Blackburn. That's actually pretty good. Um, 
there's a singer songwriter named Peter Bradley Adams who has a song called Los Angeles that I've actually been listening to for quite a while. Um, but it keeps coming back and I keep remembering that I really like it. Uh, but for the most part, it's just kind of, it's hard to, I don't have any current musical spins. I mainly am either just listening to podcasts and they're not even on this network, so I don't want to plug them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or I will say, Oh, I remember a song from like 10 years ago. I'm going to see if it's on, if it's on uh, Spotify or on YouTube. And then I listen to it and it's, it's, it's a strange time. And all of the things that all the, the experiences that I used to use music for are, gone like driving road trips all right yeah if it wasn't for me um incorporating it into assassin's creed over the last like six months i would not um have been listening to as much music because yeah like like, there's certain albums i haven't really given a good listen to because they're they felt like road trip albums and i haven't been anywhere um i mean i drive to work and it's on bad days maybe 10 minutes in the car so generally i just listen to podcasts yeah. Uh, but um, while playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I the music was okay in the game, but like I just I played so long that it was just fun to mix in my own stuff. Um, but, oh, I know what you mean. But like, so I I will start with one song um, that is actually brand new uh, by Royal Blood. It's called Troubles Coming, and I don't like it as much as their old stuff, but it's very catchy. And after several listens, it's. Um, it's really grown on me. Um, so I can see why it's the first single, um, but I'm hoping the album doesn't go quite that direction because it feels a little more um, dancey and not really mm. what they're known for. Yeah. Um, um, of other new stuff, I have uh, The Great Affairs, which I know I've plugged the last two episodes, but I can actually say more this time. Because <laughs> um, before, like, I, I couldn't describe it. Like, I tried and utterly failed. But... They had a new album come out yesterday called Everybody Moves, Nobody Gets Hurt. Um, It's a mixture of straight-ahead rock tunes and some melodic ballads. Um, I really dig the guitar, drums, bass, uh, and piano on several tracks. Uh, Even One song even had like an organ sound. I'm sure it's just on a traditional uh, keyboard, but I'm a sucker for organ when done right, and it was. So, um, fun album. the one that stood out to me this morning was Worn Out Souls. Um, it kind of makes me think of Bob Seeger. I almost said Bob Dylan, but no, it makes me think of Bob Seeger. Bob Dylan um, Seeger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very different singer-songwriters, but yeah, it, it kind of has a Bob Seeger uh, vibe to it. And I don't really know what that means other than my head. Like, when I hear it, that's what it makes me think yeah. of. So, oh, good mean. Bob Seeger um, melodic songs that's what it makes me think of um so check them out um they're um they're a good band um did you have any others sam i know i know i've been listening yeah uh, um now that i think about it, like i have listened to a lot of you know because of what's what all not to get political but what all's been going on in the news for the last few months uh, I've, I've pulled out a lot of protest music that i really liked um mm-hmm. specifically rise against okay uh, one of the you know one of the greatest bands ever um, they've recently released kind of a deluxe edition of their 2014 album. Um, and the song that I'm really liking off of that is Tragedy Plus Time. Um, and then there was, uh, this, this is like sort of, 
I hesitate to even bring it up because it's more of like performance art than music. Uh, but there's an artist that sort of became known only via YouTube for doing just really trippy videos that, that weren't even music called Poppy. And it's almost like uh, essentially the, the reason that it, it, that it kind of came on my radar is because of some drama that happened on Reddit that people pointed to this poppy person as being, and I was like, Oh wait, I've heard of that. I heard about it in like the horror community where with it being like a weird trippy performance art piece. But then I looked on Spotify and there's actual music by this artist and it's essentially like bubblegum meets industrial. So almost like baby metal, but <laughs> different, <laughs> like somewhere between baby metal, the pretty reckless and just nine inch nails. Oh wow, that's a yeah. pretty cool mixture there. I like all of those. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of like some of it d- d- is not like some of it's just kind of boring. It's like oh, okay, well this sounds like it's trying to be edgy, but then some of it's like I really like this, really like this music. Hmm. So yeah, it, it, but it's next to impossible to explain. Right? No, I understand. Uh, I, I run a music podcast, but yet I sometimes cannot explain oh, music. Yeah. Um, uh, pretty sure most people can't i can't <laughs> um speaking of a kind of political thing um music was um there's a song called not mad enough by smith and myers and that's the guitarist and lead singer of shinedown but it's like okay a completely stripped down it's a thing they'd done in the past apparently just doing covers but now they're doing it because they can play like small outdoor shows um even with covid going on so they're um yeah this is a perfect time for them to release things. But the um, the main original song that they've put out so far is called Not Mad Enough. And it's okay. the originally I didn't think about it like the lyrics and realize what it was. But it was um, I, then I read that it was about the George Floyd death. And I was like, oh, okay. makes perfect sense. But yeah, it's a catchy I, acoustic song. And like I, I like it because I've always loved his voice. And so it's kind of cool to hear something so different from him. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I've actually been listening to a lot of Rob Hustle. Uh, he's a rapper, and really, he only has a couple of like singles. He he's been around for years, um, but I don't know if he's I don't know if he's just not a professional musician, and he just sort of puts out albums here and there or puts out singles here and there. Um, but he's got uh, he's a rapper, and he's got mostly songs that have to do with police brutality, mm-hmm. but they are just full of very like the lyrics are so full of very specific references to very specific events, like throughout history and recently in the news that it's just, you can't listen to us to one of his songs. And first of all, they're awesome. Like you just, you can't help but like bob your head and stuff, but also you, you learn things listening. It's like, wow, this is like more informative than schoolhouse rock and it's catchier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but his stuff's really good. Oh, awesome. Um, well, my last couple of things are actually not current, but they're currently things that I'm digging a lot. This week, I was just kind of feeling overwhelmed, and I needed to get ready for work, and so I'm like, okay, I need something different to listen to. And so the two major songs that I listened to that morning to kind of put me in a better headspace was uh, This Is How We Do It by yep. Montel Jordan. Always puts me in a good mood. Um, and then Bust a Move by Young MC. Nice. And I'd actually forgotten how good the bass groove is to bust a move. Like I'd always just paid attention to the lyrics, which just make me laugh. But it's 
I mean, it's impossible not to smile while listening to either one of those. And um, so it was it was the perfect thing. So like that's kind of been a ritual this week was I don't really want to go to work, but I kind of I have to. So let me listen to this and see if I feel a little better or, you know, a little more <laughs> inspired. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, one of my cats is partially named after young MC. Really? Yeah. So we gave her like 20 names or something. Uh, her name is Selena, but we were like, well, what is Selena short for? We were like, well, Selena Kyle, you know, Catwoman. And then we were like, oh, but maybe it's like Selena Kyle Chandler, like the actor Kyle Chandler. And then we right. just took it from there. So nice. Selena, oh, God, let's see if I can do it from memory. Selena Kyle Chandler Bing Crosby Stills Nash and Young MC Chris Nolan Ryan Adams Scott Wolf Blitzer. Nice. That's her full name. <laughs> I was like, if there wasn't a Bing in there, I was going to be upset. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. We couldn't really go anywhere after Blitzer. So. Right. Um, and then the final one I have is a song I'd forgotten about, but I loved at the time, and it's still really good. And it's called Future Days. It's by Pearl Jam, and it came off their uh, Lightning Bolt album in 2013. Oh. But. I've listened to that one. It's a beautiful song. It kind of. I continues. loved Backspacer. It, um, me think, too. Yeah, I think I actually got that one from you. <laughs> I was Probably, like, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember starting with Backspacer, I realized how of newer Pearl Jam, I'm more into the ballads and like the uh, just softer songs that he does because Eddie Vedder does a great job with that. And uh, like Just Breathe. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the, the video of Willie Nelson and his kids covering that? Mm-mm, I haven't. Good. Yeah, it's like him and uh, his his son, I think, maybe his two of his, I don't remember how many people there are, but they're just sitting there jamming on like their back porch or in the living room or somewhere, and they're singing Just Breathe. Nice. Yeah, that song, I remember, was used in a Castle episode one time, and it yeah. was used beautifully. And, um, there were two songs from that album in a Castle episode. I thought so. I watched Castle a lot in the first couple of seasons. Well, the first couple of seasons were actually good. I know. Um, <laughs> It apparently went just like straight up sci-fi at some point. Like I remember there being an episode where a guy had an invisibility suit and an episode <laughs> with a guy who claimed to be a time traveler. And then at the end, they implied that he actually was a time traveler. Man, I made it up till the season before last and it was just so obviously bad. And so was that before or after Beckett died? Cause I know they killed off Beckett. It was before it was actually the wedding episode that killed me. Like that. I was just like, this is so bad. The one um, with, like, they're going to... Uh, did they ever actually get married? Because I remember the I one where they were so. on their way to get married, and then suddenly Castle got kidnapped on the way to his own wedding. <laughs> I think and then the next season, he comes back. Like, he, he gets found, but he has some kind of amnesia or something. Yeah, that was so bad. But yeah, I think they actually got married in the episode, and it was so obviously green screen, and it was just... Oh, I hated it. And I was like, I okay, I'm done. Obvious green screens. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I but yeah, Castle used it so beautifully, and so Future Days was used beautifully, and um, uh, The Last of Us, um, Part okay. Two, and I was just like, man, I hadn't thought about this song in a while, but this is beautiful, and so now it's been like every day I listen to it, um, and it's yeah, it's a beautiful song. Okay. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull another one out. Uh, I know I, I know I said I didn't have many, but now that you're reminding me of songs that over the last, you know, few weeks, few months, I've really been kind of getting into. Uh, so I played a, an indie game called Unravel 2. I think Unravel 1, I think, I think there was a first one. I never played the first one, but it's essentially your little yarn people. It's two little yarn people and you use like physics around and stuff. Hmm. But the trailer for that game had a song called Queendom by uh, 
I believe, Icelandic artist named Aurora. That's a really good song. Um, mm. And it helped that I associate the song with the really cool, because the, the graphics are just gorgeous in the game. Hmm. Um, so what uh, to its song, unfortunately, is not actually in the game, but watching just like the trailer for the game uh, is like, wow, this is amazing. Now I want to play this game and listen to this artist. And I did both. Nice. <laughs> so I thought about adding something new, very brief, but um, just because it's been such an important part of my life lately has been what are you currently playing? Uh, in terms of video, video games game. or music, yeah. oh, video game. Uh, yeah. So. I'm actually uh, so I'm playing Animal Crossing because right. because I'm a millennial and because they just did the Halloween update. So I'm trying to do a different Halloween costume every day. So far, I've been Incredible Hulk, Jared Leto, Joker, and Edward Regular Hands because you can't change your hands in Animal Crossing. <laughs> that one made me uh, laugh a lot. <laughs> it was fun. Like it's, I just kind of had the idea, and I realized I did the wrong hairstyle because there's like a wig that has that's even more Edward Scissorhands like. So maybe I'll redo that. Um, so I've been playing that, but it's less... I was really super into it the first few weeks, first couple of months that I was playing, because like a lot of other people were playing, so we'd trade items and go to each other's islands. And Once I technically like got all the stuff I wanted to get, got the terraforming, got all the recipes I needed to get, then it's more... I can play it more casually now. Just nice. you know, have fun here and there, play for 10 minutes every day, do whatever daily chores you have to do on the game. Um, I'm also playing uh, Mario 35, which has just come out, and it's uh, Super Mario. You so it's you know Tetris 99, where you play Tetris against 99 other people. No, I didn't actually know that. Okay, so there's a game called Tetris 99, where you're playing Tetris, but then on the sides of the screen you see 99 other little windows of the people you're playing against oh, wow. and you can like target them and stuff so if you get points it will throw junk on their screens so there's the, Mario 35 is essentially the same thing it's Super Mario 1 but you're playing against 35 other people and every time you kill an enemy it appears on one of their screens hmm. uh, every time you get 20 coins you get a power up uh, it, and then the, it's there's like a little pool of levels that it goes from. It's not the actual, like you start on one, one, but it's not the actual levels, but it ends up being just like insane because, you know, you kill an enemy and it appears on the other person's screen. That means if you beat a castle and you kill Bowser, Bowser appears like on someone else's screen who might just be on level one, one. So I, I saw two Bowsers on one, one, uh, hammer brothers underwater. Um, yeah. So we're playing that, uh, or I, I'm playing that. My wife won't won't play Mario 35. <laughs> it stresses <laughs> her out. Uh, but the other one is this is less playing. I've actually gotten back into with having a bit more time at home to be able to do these kinds of things. I've gotten back into trying to do game development. Mm, nice. Um, so I've been playing. Like, last year I was working on 3D platformers, uh, and then I started doing character modeling and. I kept breaking my character by because I was really terrible with the 3D software. So I'm now doing uh, trying 2D platformers just kind of as a stepping stone to getting back into doing 3D platformers. Um, awesome. I have some ideas here and there of what I'm actually putting together. Uh, but it, it is fun because, uh, you know, I use Unity to do it. And then I have – I don't even have an Xbox, but I have an Xbox controller so that I can practice using a controller on the games while I'm mm -hmm. developing. So that's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think of anything else because I'm playing a lot. Actually, okay. I'm playing video games more than anything else. Those are the main ones, though. Um, nice. How about yourself? 
Well, for the longest time, like, I don't remember which month I started, but I played it for a ridiculous amount of time as Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Because there's, like, you can track down all the mercenaries and you can just do mindless things. And, like, there's never-ending side quests you can do. Um, so I actually never beat it, but I've spent, like, a hundred and something hours in it. Um, and so I will eventually go back and beat it. But um, I finally saw a sale on uh, Last of Us 2 and uh, finally got that. And I've been addicted to that for the past, I guess, week. Yeah. Um, I've, heard, I've heard good things about it. Um Yeah. I, I luckily avoided spoilers, even though I figured out some things before I played it. Like, yeah. Um, but like, it, it's it's really well done, just like any Naughty Dog game. Uh, I love the Uncharted series, and I love the original uh, Last of Us. But yeah, it's and it's beautiful. Like, it's um, yeah. So I know very little about Last of Us. How interactive actually is it? Because all the clips I see are pretty obviously like cinematic sequences. It's a lot of stuff you, uh, a lot of exploration and a lot of stuff you do. But yeah, there's this cutscenes can be a little long at times, but nothing okay. like, nothing like what it was. Uh, but but it's actually like a straight up video game. It's not just interactive movie or anything like that. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah, it's a real video game. Like, okay, I thought so because I was like, people wouldn't love this as much if it was just a movie where apparently, but every clip that I'd seen was just like <laughs> cinematic clips and then like parts where you can s- decide what to do. And I'm like, was that all this is? How are no. people like super into that? <laughs> no, thankfully, no, no. It's uh, uh, my favorite thing to do is explore, and I know there's a lot of stuff you can find, and I'm uh, kind of achievement whore on it. So, uh, kind of like I was, I think, on the original and most of the Uncharted. So I go after everything. But yeah, there's zombies and um, yeah, and I know that's kind of the story. It's like the what is it? The fungus that causes the, or the fungal outbreak that causes the zombies. Yeah, some and kind the of girl who was who mm-hmm. was the little girl that was immune from the first one. Right. Like I watched a lot of like analysis of the plot. Right. Um, and it looks like a great game, but I I don't have whatever system. What I don't even know if it's on the Switch. Um, I don't think, but I don't. I think it's actually I really don't know. I think it's a PlayStation exclusive, but I could yeah, be very I, wrong. I'm that. pretty sure. Um, I will say the other one because I got an Oculus about a year ago, um, and I played VR, and I have not been playing VR as much since the quarantine because. Uh, my wife and I swapped uh, workspaces because uh, she had like a, a sewing room in the sunroom and then I had an office in the second bedroom and we swapped. So now I'm in the sunroom. So it was a little too hot in this room to do VR stuff because it's very active. Um, but I'm wanting to get back into that. Uh, I'll tell you the one to do VR is I know it's a kid's game, but Five Nights at Freddy's VR. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like... It's because, you know, because the whole thing is based on jump scares. Mm-hmm. So you will be like, nope, that's it, I'm done. And then you come back and try it again the next day, and you're like, nope, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> so it is, uh, I, yeah, so I've had that for about a year, I think, uh, the the VR version of that. And I still have not, um, haven't gotten all the accomplishments or anything on it, because, like, I'll die once, but that's enough to just make me say, nope, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how long this game's gonna last, but I, I'm enjoying it a lot. And it was a nice little break from Assassin's Creed because I, I, I still love that game, but I, I mean, I think it's in my last count was like 175 hours over a probably like a six month period. That's a lot of time, so I was kind of mm-hmm. ready to try something new. Um, but I'm a cheapskate, so I don't buy games when they're 60 bucks because that's why, yeah, I do, I, I do, but only like only generally like if i know they're going to be good 
Right. Well, and also, uh, I mean, with the Switch, like Nintendo, don't they take a long time to discount their games? Generally? They do uh, for their originals. But I also right. like I, I I do like indie games. Um, okay. You know, and those are ten, fifteen dollars. Like I play okay. the, I love the the Untitled Goose Game. Um, yes. <laughs> and they just repl- they just released multiplayer recently, and so we played. But the thing is, we'd already beat the game. Like both of us had already beat the game, but we were like, no, but let's play multiplayer. And so <laughs> all we did, I don't know if you, how familiar you are with the game, but all that we did was take everything from the gardener's garden and mm. put it in the lady's store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I played it for like an hour uh, while visiting uh, pre-COVID, uh, my friend Chris, and he, uh, yeah, he had me play like the first maybe 30 minutes or an hour still on everything from the gardener. Yeah, I think yeah. making the kid cry and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, you gotta you gotta get the kid to wear the wrong glasses. Mm-hmm. You get to, and then yeah, it's, it's, once you figure out how to do it, it's like well yeah, you untie the kid's shoes and then you honk at him and then he runs away and trips and his glasses fall off. You take his glasses, you put some other glasses there. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <Nice. laughs> um, so I have a question actually. Uh, since the quarantine, what all different shows have you binged in their entirety? <laughs> Mm, that's a good and I guess because you're still going into work, maybe you haven't had as much just random binging things time. But right. Um, I've lost track, like of the, of all the different shows that we've just watched start to finish. Oh gosh, I know I did that with um, True Detective early on, but I actually skipped season two. Um, so I guess it's not completely through, but the season three I did. Um, I'm having a brain fart. I really don't remember what all I watched. I've I've watched a lot of stuff. I've been more into documentaries. Um, yeah. During this, because uh, you're watching The Vow, right? On HBO. Yes. I like it. It's because I thought that I knew everything there was to know about the Nexium thing, mm-hmm. but it's because everything else that I've ever seen about Nexium only focuses on the same few things. Right. And The Vow focuses on everything. Right. That's what I love about it. But yeah, that's yep. the biggest thing. Um, what have you uh, gone through? Or- Let's see. We have gone all the way through since the quarantine started. Oh, my God. Because uh, like, I know that we went through Avatar The Last Airbender because uh, she had not seen it. So we went through that one. We went through Legend of Korra. We went through um, The Magicians uh, because actually we're, uh, I'm a very old-fashioned person who actually has like cable as well as as well mm. as just having streaming stuff. So I was able to watch the last we were able to watch the last season of the of the magicians uh just on sci-fi on demand. Um we went through Winona Earp. Mm-hmm. Uh we went through let's see, I've I've been I've gone through the boys up until whatever episode was just released because as of this recording it's a Saturday. It's supposed to come out every Friday, but every time I go on to try to watch it on Friday, it's not available. Hmm. Um yeah, it, it's always just available on Saturday. Uh, so I've gone through the boys, gone through Cobra Kai, um, The Vow. We've gone through uh, Lovecraft Country, we did Perry Mason, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It was another documentary on HBO. I don't know if you watched that one. It was about mm-hmm. the Golden State Killer. Um, that was a good one. And that's all that I can remember, but there is more. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Friday Night Lights, which okay. I never actually sat down and, and watched the show. I loved the movie, but I'd never watched the show. Um, but yeah, we went through, went through the show. I've watched most of the new season of uh, Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know if you watched that or not. I um, 
saw the first couple. I did not like the aliens one. That kind of turned me off to it. I skipped that one. That was I okay. skipped two episodes. I skipped like the, there was the aliens house one, one. There was one that was there was one that was mostly in French. And okay. I was I wanted to play games on my phone while it was on, so I didn't pay attention. <laughs> right. There was something else, but I, it's it's blanking on it. But yeah, I've watched a lot of stuff, but just uh, not as much because yeah, I still spend uh, nine hours a day in an office and yeah. uh, then the commute and which isn't significant, but it still takes more time than it should. So yeah, um, I understand. Um, but anyway, let's get to the um, main topic of the episode: uh, Metallica S and M. That's um, right. Discuss it directly. Uh, I know you said it was kind of your entrance to Metallica, wasn't it? It really was. Like I knew, I knew of Metallica. Um, I did not listen to Metallica as a kid. It was part of it was because I grew up mostly just listening to Christian music, and I had only recently just gotten into listening to anything that was not Christian music. But I didn't know what stations to listen to, so I just went with the pop station. Um, that so part of it was that. Part of it was just because when you. Uh, when you you know when you're a kid and you don't really know anything, you go to like Spencer's or you go to some some store that has like band T-shirts and stuff. Right. You don't know anything about the music of these bands. You just know about the image on the T-shirts. And I was and Metallica was scary to me. It was like going through the. It was like, as a little kid. It was, it was like going through the horror section in the video store, mm-hmm. even though most of those ha- had just amazing cover design, but no decent effects in the movie themselves. Um, so. You know, you see skulls and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, I'm scared, I'm scared, this is probably really terrible. Oh, this is probably <laughs> the worst thing ever. Like, yeah, music stores just freaked me out. Like, album artwork freaked me out. Hmm. Um, even stuff like where the music is just incredibly tame, like they might be giants. They had an album that freaked me out because it was like all these kids with pickaxes or something. I'm like, what are they going to do with those? Are they going to kill somebody? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was I was a very timid child. Um, so I think what actually happened is somebody made made a comment about how Metallica had done a had done a concert with the orchestra and i was like well that's kind of weird and then on the radio i heard no leaf clover right and i was like that's amazing is that the metallica where they did <laughs> the orchestra and then from there i was hooked like i listened to the whole album went back and found studio like the original recordings of a lot of the songs from the album. Um, and I was still kind of in that mode uh, whenever you and I met. And because I remember we would hang out in your apartment and watch the S and M DVD a lot. Right. But yeah. This, this album really was like my intro to Metallica. And, and honestly, it's a good, it's the perfect album. I think to be your intro to the band because it goes through a decade or two of their library and, Essentially, they pick just the best stuff and right. have it play. Yeah, they they, they definitely uh, curate it to be songs that are going to sound good with an orchestra instead of oh, yeah. like, certain songs would not work well. Um, oh, so definitely. thankfully, they didn't do anything off Kill 'Em All um, because <laughs> I'm sure they might could have made one or two work, but um, as a whole, it was not one you needed to revisit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, honestly, and this is my metallica hot take quote unquote but i just and it's not that it's a bad song i just hate inner sandman oh it's just a personal thing i didn't used to but i skip it now because it's so overplayed and i'm so sick of hearing it yeah it's Um, like and it's not even that it's like i say it's not even that it's a bad song it's just like 
I love Metallica because of all these other songs that they do, and I feel like that when you get hung up on Sandman, you deprive yourself of all the good songs. Mm-hmm. And I feel I honestly feel the same way about uh, Tomorrow by Silverchair. There are people who don't oh, yeah. know that they had four albums after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a spinoff and some solo stuff. So. Right. Nice. Just, I... you know, so that, that's, that's kind of my, my, my sort of take. That was how, what got me into Metallica. Um, I know that that was how I got S&M because uh, my parents are very music, musical. S&M was how I got my parents to be okay with me listening to Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, because when they found out I was listening to Metallica, they, they were kind of upset. And then I was like, well, but no, 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 listen to this. I played uh, the S&M version of Nothing Else Matters. And they were like, wow, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember the first Metallica album I got was the Black Album, and I had to promise not to listen to The God That Failed. And that yeah. was the only way I was able to buy that album. And I actually, being a good that's kid, a I actually... Good <laughs> Yeah, but I I followed that until college. Actually, it was kind of crazy. I like it. It became an instinctual thing. Like as a kid, like when I was young, I just wanted to follow my parents' rules. And then in high school, I don't know why I didn't listen to it. Yeah, it was, I got to college. I'm like, I've always skipped track ten. Like I actually should probably listen to this. Yeah. So well, and if you know like the context of the song too, because it's it's not even an anti-religion song. It's right. about I, I believe it's about his mother not seeking treatment because of her specific religious beliefs that were anti-medicine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing of, uh, what was it? Um, I can't think. I, I know Miles Kennedy has similar issues with his, um, his father, uh, was like Christian science or something like that. And yeah. He didn't seek treatment. So, uh, that was something his, um, first solo album dealt with the loss of his father and yeah. kind of the anger associated with that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember like having to have that little rule because it's shocking. I mean, you know how conservative my parents are. It's shocking they allowed me to listen to Metallica. I really didn't expect them to. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I understand. Like it was, it was kind of the same way. But at the same time, like you know, my parents they do love music and anything that I think was helping me to love music, they were on board with as long mm-hmm. as it wasn't like drugs or vulgar rap and i don't know why <laughs> rap specifically like because i listen to a lot of vulgar metal but right. they didn't i don't think they even knew most of the lyrics that i was listening to like back in high school so, right well and they probably couldn't understand it in certain things like i know there are certain songs even metallica i didn't understand originally so um probably could have gotten past uh like in fuel like i know my mom didn't catch that f-bomb otherwise oh well you know they played uh, on the the rock station in Huntsville, where I'm from, they played the uncensored version of Fuel, and that's why I thought that he wasn't even. I, I thought he was saying something else because, I thought yeah, I thought I he was saying something else that. because yeah. I was like, well, they couldn't play it on the radio if if he was saying if he was saying that. But nope they <laughs> they they just played it and they were like, whatever, we'll pay the fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I had the exact opposite uh, original reaction to S and M. I I loved No Leaf Clover. But I wanted nothing to do with the others because I'm like, I just rather listen to the albums without an orchestra on that, which is weird because I'm a band nerd. So you would yeah. think I would have been excited. But like, I think it was late high school when I finally fell in love with it um, and gave it a chance and outside of No Leaf Clover. And of course, by college, I was in love with it. And once I got that DVD, um, I've watched it so many times. So, yeah, honestly, I think it's the first album. This this is going back about five years. 
uh, or probably longer because, yeah, because of where I was living. But um, no, if uh, it was the first album when I got Spotify Premium on my phone that I and at that point you can just download music onto your phone. Mm-hmm. It was the first album I just put on my phone uh, so that I could listen to it on when I was taking the the subway to work. Nice. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, it was your first uh, major exposure to them. Um. Uh, obviously, we know the first single was No Leaf Clover. Was there anything else that really um, stood out to you initially? Uh, uh, initially, songwise? Nothing Else Matters and mm-hmm. Hero of the Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those were kind of my initial. Now, as the years went on, there were new, there were new ones that kind, of, uh, that kind of got me. And at this point in my life, I would say the song that I think is the best on the album is Bleeding Me. Mm-hmm. I love the thing that 20 years younger James Hetfield can do with his voice on that, like that little vocal run where he's like, can't stop to save my soul. I've tried to do it before and I can't do it, but it sounds kind of like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I love that. I love Outlaw Torn for the lyrics. Right. I love um, A Wolf and Man. And honestly, I love the Black Album version of A Wolf and Man as well, but the orchestra version is just phenomenal. Right. Oh, the strings add so much to that one. Yeah, they really do. Um, but I would say, yeah, the, the first one, that obviously, that grabbed me was was No Leaf Clover. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the as you know, as the years went on, it, there were new ones. But I, I think the next one that grabbed the next ones that grabs me were Hero of the Day and Nothing Else Matters. Because I've always been like I've always liked their slower music. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I don't like their not that I don't like their uh, speed metal type stuff. But I've always loved kind of their more melodic stuff. I'm, right. I'm a load and reload kind of guy. Well, yeah. Um, uh, I know um, me and um, Andy Helene and Russell and Greg have definitely realized we're all in the minority that we prefer 90s Metallica over 80s yeah. Metallica. Like, we love the 80s stuff, but the melody they added into the 90s stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really won't if they do a new album. I would really love for them to bring back some '90s elements, and I would too. And and honestly, that's one of the big disappointments for me in uh, S and M two mm-hmm. was that they didn't have enough of the melodic songs. In there. Yes, like I wanted an orchestra version of Low Man's lyric. Yes. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But I will say, and this has this this applies to S and M and S and M two. I am always on board for a live version of the Memory Remains because I love hearing the audience sing. La, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I don't know what it is. Like uh, certain things where you're like, yeah, it sounds fine on the original, but I love it when the audience sings it instead. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to be part of that a group experience, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, did I don't remember. Did they, they didn't do it when we saw them, did they? I don't think they did. Actually, I pulled up that set list to see if it's still up. Um, yeah, they didn't do it on ours, um, but it just feels like that'd be. I, I guess I say the group experience because I sing along when I'm watching either S and M one or two. Um, but yeah, no, they didn't play it at ours. Which oh, that's another uh, random thing. Tomorrow is the um, 11 year anniversary of us seeing them in concert. Yeah, I was about to say that was that was around this time. Right. <laughs> Facebook Ooh. memories reminded me of that this morning. I remember that trip. Yeah. Um I was texting a girl the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um looking back, y'all were probably so annoyed with me. 
I don't remember on that trip being annoyed with you on that. I think there was another. <laughs> okay. I can remember a, a bowling experience where I was like, quit texting her. <laughs> but I don't remember another Metallica weekend. Um, maybe that's just because there was so much going on. I just didn't. Yeah. Remember well, that I mean, it, it was, yeah, that was great. Because we went to Metallica uh, and then we went. Because uh, I was living in Huntsville, I stopped in Troy and, and spent a couple of days in Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember that. We went to the football game. Right. My favorite pastime, yeah. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, I, I I know that every year, that's why I send you a football for your birthday. <laughs> so yeah, the the first uh, S&M is incredible, and the second one is as well, but I, I will agree I was wanting more um, melodic songs to be added into it, and... Uh, I guess I would have loved to have heard more from uh, Death Magnetic or um, uh, I guess Load or Reload, just some different stuff from them. Yeah, if they had, uh, yeah, I would rather have heard, I think, different pieces from Death Magnetic. Oh, well, I mean, Unforgiven 3 you have to put on right. an orchestral album. Um, but, uh, you know, Day Never Comes is good, and, and they did they, they did a good job with it. But I don't know, I, like because my favorite... Uh, my favorite songs from Death Magnetic were Unforgiven 3 and Judas Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very surprised that All Within My Hands ended up being one of my favorites. <laughs> because... Had you not heard the Bridge, Bridge School Benefit one? No, acoustic? I had not. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, no, I, I, yeah, I was like... I was like, "What is this? Is this a... because I didn't actually ever listen to Saint Anger either?" So because oh, okay. I knew it was so bad. Like right, I, I right. listened to the to, to the single a couple of times and was like, "No, nah, I just don't like it." Um, but yeah, it's my biggest issue with the second one is that it has so many of the same songs that are yes. already on the first one, um, and they're great songs. Wherever I may roam is another favorite of mine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Memory Remains, like I said, I'm always on board for a live version of Memory Remains. And they even intro it with the same two tracks, which I'm actually split on that. Because on the one hand, I think that it's kind of, it's too safe a move to intro your concert with the same two tracks. But at the same time, that's the perfect, those are the perfect two tracks to intro your Metallica orchestra concert on. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I remember thinking that um, my most recent listen to the first one was Call of Tulu and um, or Cthulhu. I don't know if you're supposed to pronounce the K or do you know? Oh yeah. So it's, they spell it right. It's actually Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Technically, not to get nerdy. Technically in the (laughs) writings of Lovecraft, he says that mortal humans are unable to pronounce it as it's meant to be pronounced because we don't have the right organs. Interesting, but yeah. So that and and for whom the bell tolls, which will always get me excited. I, the, it's just the perfect one-two punch of yeah. um, opening. So yeah, I understand why they stuck with that, but I was very glad they immediately broke from it with the day that never comes next on the second one, uh, which I enjoyed a lot. Um, it's not my favorite track off Death Magnetic by far, but it's still I like the melody part of it. Definitely, like I, I agree, and minutes. I think it was I think it was really good because I was surprised to hear it. Um, mm-hmm. But I was I was like I guess it makes sense. But I was also just kind of surprised to hear it, and I was like, well, that's yeah, I, I, it's a good song, and they did a good job of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the idea of adding Metallica to some classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first one, like I don't think we necessarily needed to hear all of the talking 
Right. Um, we could have just gone straight into it. But I liked I liked that they did that. Uh, I think there are better classical pieces that would have worked, but that's not for me to decide. So right, I right. know a lot of classical music. So I'm just yeah, I'm a Stravinsky I, fan, so I was like, well, where's my Stravinsky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wondered why they picked those two in particular, but they because um, I wasn't very familiar with, or I actually wasn't at all familiar with them. Yeah, and... I, I didn't know them. But when they explained kind of the culture, I can see what the reason was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it makes. I think I lost your audio. Are you no, still I'm there? I'm okay. I, I, I muted. Oh, okay, okay. I muted while I'm not talking. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, what was the other one I wanted to shout out on the new one? Um, did you notice on Nothing Else Matters on SM2 that he says something instead of something? I did not. But now I'm going to listen again. And it's every time. I thought it was just the first time. But my friend Andy uh, was joking about it, and I didn't notice it my first time. And then I went back. And I'm like, "Oh my god, he does it every single time. Why does he not how to say thing anymore?" Um, but everything for us, something new. Oh, okay. It's really weird. It's some like thing he learned to do to make it more pronounced on the microphone. I have no clue, but. We did mention earlier the Unforgiven Three, which was one of my favorite tracks off of um, Death Magnetic. Um, I thought it was a really bold choice to just do him just with the orchestra, no Metallica playing along. Um, it works with that with that song because and and when Death Magnetic came out, I remember I liked the Unforgiven Three as a song. I did not like it as an Unforgiven Three because it didn't feel like Unforgiven One and Unforgiven Two. Okay. Um, but one of the ways, one of the things that I really liked about it was that it was so just kind of its own thing. And if you're going to do a, a Metallica song just with the orchestra, that's the one to do. Mm-hmm. And vocally, he did a really good job. That was oh, one of yeah. my favorite vocal performances from him. Uh, what did you think of No Leaf Clover on SM2? I did not like the little melody change that, that there was where he has a little other high note in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Like, what were your mm-hmm. thoughts? Vocally or the other the guitar stuff? At the soothing light at the oh, yeah. yeah, no, I did not like that nearly as yeah. much. And I kind of wonder if that was supposed to be what it was initially, and he just didn't do it in the original concert. Hmm. I don't know. I know I, there was some different sounding guitar stuff at times in it, and I yeah. actually really dug that. But yeah, I didn't like the way he phrased and sang it quite, or the I guess the notes quite as well this second time around. Yeah. It's definitely it's it's not my favorite, but it's still pretty good, right? Um, yeah. I, so I guess my really my biggest uh, my biggest thing with SNM two is I wish that they had just taken out some of the classics and put in different songs that they had not done in the first album. Right. Yeah, I think that um, would have been a better choice for sure. Because I mean, another song I know it's good, it, but I'm tired of hearing one. It's everywhere. Yeah. Like it's in every DVD, every concert they do, I mean, and it's a great song. But I'm almost tired of. I mean, I'm not as tired of it as Inner Sandman by yeah. no means. But, so Sandman's the one that everyone's tired of, right? But I was like, still, I've heard one so many times that I'm gonna skip it because I don't need to hear it again. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I'd have been okay with losing. Uh, and as much as I love the songs, I'd have been okay with losing Master of Puppets. I'd have been okay with losing Nothing Else Matters. Um, I'd have been okay with losing 
hell, I, I'd have been okay with losing No Leaf Clover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that you need to kind of put that one in, but I'd have been okay with losing it. Right. Uh, or even wherever I may roam, because I didn't really hear that they did them doing anything new with it. They did. They were just doing what they did the first time. Right. Um, and you... that would have freed up some track lists for, and, and, and you know, because because I I love Outlaw Torn and mm-hmm. always will, so I'm I'm okay with keeping that one. But you know, that would have freed some stuff up for maybe they could they could have put in something like Little Man's Lyric, right? Or, yeah. Yeah, I would love to hear in concert in period just stuff from load and reload times yeah. um, in their set list more because I mean you're going to get fuel a lot of a lot of times and you're going to get memory remains but that's about the only two that yeah. you hear. And I mean, yeah. So you know what you were just saying about uh, about one, I kind of feel the same way about fuel. Oh my god, yes, I'm <laughs> I'm so sick of fuel. I skipped it and. Um, uh, I think I still left it on my um, perfect, re- uh, fully reloaded episode. I think, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, so let me go back to the first one real quick. I, I keep going back and forth between the playlist. Um, and my tablet's not being nice and doing it very seamlessly. Yeah, I was very glad they skipped fuel this time around. Uh, did you like Devil's Dance on the original? Uh, I. Now that I, like, I, they're kind of running together to me, so I, I need to re-listen to both. I did not do full re-listens of both before before recording this. So how dare you, sir? I know, I know. Seriously, <laughs> I also didn't watch. I also didn't watch the movie that I'm supposed to do with Russell's. <laughs> um, but it, but we're doing sequel pitches, so I already have my sequel pitch, so I don't really have right. to re-watch the movie for that. <laughs> nice. Um, they didn't do Sabbath True on this one, did they? I don't believe they did. I have the, no, the new one. I'm looking at the Yeah, they did one. not. Okay. Um, I know you said you could have done without No Clover again. I was kind of sad that Minus Human didn't make it on this one because yeah. I really like that one. I also want to hear a studio version of that one day would be great. Because it'd be nice. It'd be cool to hear. And also no, uh, no encore. Mm-hmm. Like I love – one of my favorite things about the original was Battery. I remember sitting in your apartment with Greg and you – Trying to do the whole like each of us take a syllable for battery. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think I always screwed it up, but yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, no, I, we never got it right, but it was fun to try. Right. We were so fun in our twenties. Yes. <laughs> everything was more fun in our twenties. Not, not everything. <laughs> a not lot everything. of things though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you and Greg are on the page that um, Outlaw Torn and Bleeding Me are like, as they're like two of his favorite all-time metallica songs um they're they're also very similar i i am slightly on more on the bleeding me side uh for the vocal runs but outlaw torn outlaw torn wins on the lyrics so right oh yeah so i started saying it earlier and i didn't actually finish the thought was um i encourage you to go back and listen to all within my hands from i think it's 2007 or eight or nine somewhere in that period there when they first started doing the bridge school benefit uh, i think it's the autism benefit that okay. Neil young organized this but um i remember here that was the first time i heard an acoustic version of that song and i was like well i always knew this song had potential like lyrically i liked it but the sen anger version with lars doing an offbeat drum beat because he was trying to make it not stock i'm doing air quotes because that was one <laughs> of the things he had a big argument with james about and 
in the making of that album. Yeah. Is he tried these different drum beats because he's like, they sound too stock. I mean, and he was right, actually. But yeah. no, adding I, a crappy yeah. drum beat to it doesn't make it better. Um, so, but anyway, I always liked the lyrics to All Within My Hands and always thought like the first three minutes were decent enough. And the studio version, he yells kill for like two minutes towards the end. <laughs> and that's definitely not necessary. But um, so I, I was always knew that was potentially good. And uh, uh, but it was cool to hear it in this this time around, because it's kind of like they've reclaimed that song is like even the name of their charity is all within my hands. So that's kind of cool. OK, because I remember when we saw them, they did nothing from St. Anger. No, they didn't do much from St. Anger for very long. Like after I looked at set list for a while uh, after that, and like maybe for like the first few shows, they did a lot. And then after that it was pretty much some kind of monster in St. Anger just because they had to still promote the album. But I think the new people hated it. So let's not waste our track list. Yeah. And, and I guess I agree with that in that, you know, St. Anger's is, was not great, but they seem, I feel like a lot of what they've done since is they they've gotten they're not doing some of the people hate songs from Ro- load and reload that i would consider to be their best songs uh, like what well like uh like low man and stuff mm-hmm. like that like they're not doing them in in concerts because they're slow and because they're like oh and even their new albums like when death magnetic came out it took me a little while to really get into it because i did notice they went kind of more 80s style and i wondered if mm-hmm. they were just trying to appease the 90s haters they were. Um, yeah. um, they, it was. It was definitely a recovery album that they were like, "Okay, Saint Anger sucked." Um, but that people yeah, have, uh, people have been missing suck, thrash. But that doesn't mean that yeah, that doesn't mean that load and reload sucked. Right. I think they took the wrong lesson in that part. But yeah. I think they were just trying to appease the '80s uh, fans, and then they did try a couple melodic moments. But yeah, they, they did, and yeah, and that's why you know, Unforgiven Three ended up being one of my favorites, and then. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. I, th- I don't remember which song it was, but the one where they have like the slow part near the end about like the slave becomes the master. Oh, um, it's been a minute since I actually listened to that album. <laughs> that's gonna drive me crazy. I, could, I guess I could just Google it. Entertain me while I Google that. Okay, so um, what was I gonna say? Oh, do you know, uh, somebody told me that you talk just like an owl. That I do? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I didn't do it. Oh, well. That would have been funny. What if I... I just told you. Somebody just told me that you talk just like an owl. And and so you want me to <laughs> just talk like an owl? No, you're supposed to say who. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to ask that on the air. And that's it's, true. Um, the end of the line is the one that the slave becomes. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I just did a deep dive in that album, but I, I could not think of which song it was. Um, God, I'm still stuck on the. the <laughs> ooh. <laughs> yeah, really. Like I was trying to think of like, what, how do I sound like an owl? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, um, any other thoughts on S and M? Are there? Um... Yeah, one one more thought. Uh, not really about the album itself, but as a uh, conservative homeschooled teenager, I definitely did not know that the phrase S and M meant anything beyond Symphony of Metallica. 
Right, right. And so I would say it all the time, just referring to the album. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think my mom must have known either. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to um, get it when it came out, or my brother wouldn't have been able to get that album. But uh, yeah, I remember when I did discover it, I always made sure to clarify: we're talking about the Metallica album S and M, not just <laughs> talking S and M or watching S and M. That would have been great to announce at the uh, dining room uh, or dining hall uh, table and just see people. I've gotten really into S&M lately. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or like you're at a family dinner or something like Thanksgiving and tell your cousin, hey, you want to come to my room after we're done eating? I've got (laughs) (laughs) S&M. But Another yeah, that's that's about the end of <laughs> that's okay. about the end of my of my random takes on it. Okay. Because yeah, there, there's just a lot of stuff I just didn't get. Like I knew that you know they had skulls on their albums and it was scary, or not even on their albums, but on their T-shirts. It was scary. right. I have looked at uh, Metallica baby onesies just out of curiosity from time to time. Mm-hmm. There is a Ride the Lightning one where it's a high chair. Oh, and sweet. there and there's the Kill 'Em All cover. Except it says spill them all, and it's a baby bottle spilled with spilled milk. Oh my god, I kind of want that like on an adult yeah. t-shirt. Like, I would wear Seriously. that. I think there's Master of Puppies, but I don't remember if that one is a actual like baby ones, or if that's just something somebody made online. That sounds like something somebody made online, but yeah. I know I've always been annoyed with their t-shirts, because like, I don't want like just random skulls on my t-shirts, so I, I most of their shirts annoy me, because like that's not something I'm going to wear. Yeah. Um, so I've never had a Metallica t-shirt, um, uh, like, cause I was looking at them recently. I guess I could be that weirdo that gets the, uh, polo with the Metallica logo on there and pay like $45 or whatever it is. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, cause I love wasting money, but yeah, that was just, um, <laughs> yeah, I've never been big into that side of it. Um, did you like the, uh, hardwired songs, uh, uh, Halo on Fire and what's the other one? Moth I did. I did, yes, very much. I, I, I listened, you know, I went through it a few times, uh, so st- things, different things stuck out each time, and I right. don't think that either of those stuck out either time, but honestly, like, I do like the, the new album. Like, I just, it's not the old one, and right. maybe part of that is me being older and cynical, so. Right. You know about the new <laughs> FM album? Yeah. Okay. Um, what about Hardwired? Did you ever listen to that very much? Uh, the last studio? Yeah, it. I couldn't ever get into it a whole lot. So I remember when I was ranking the albums earlier this week, um, I was shocked to see a couple people put Hardwired really high, and I'm like, eh, it just it just doesn't grab me. Yeah, um, I saw the rankings, and I remember like I did not actually participate in the rankings discussion because, and it's similar to the, how y'all came up with your own fully loaded thing. That's kind of what I would do. I'd be like, well. The songs that I uh, there's songs that I really love on the black album, like, and there's songs that I really love on Load, and there's songs I really love on Reload, but there's also songs that I just don't like on the black album, Sandman. Right. And there's songs that I just don't really like on Load and Reload. So, right. And and every every album has songs that I just don't that they, they just don't do it for me, and then songs that I love. So I can't really, I feel like I can't rank the albums other than I love S and M one because it was my intro to the band as well as my intro to a lot of the songs that I end up really loving. Right. Um, oh, like, I, I don't, I don't know that I'd have liked Wolf and man as much as a studio version. Had I not already fallen in love with it from the S and M. 
he was one of my favorites when Black Album came out, but as time went on, I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. Um, and Russell hates that song, actually. Really? Uh, or maybe not hates. I remember him talking about how weak it was recently. Well, we're definitely going to taunt him with that. <laughs> <laughs> if you did uh, rank them, obviously S&M is your first. Are there any that, like, just, I guess their 90s albums pretty much would be your next um, ones, most yeah, likely? So S&M would be first. And honestly, even though it would have to be essentially a supercut of Black Album, Load and Reload as second Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I would put Death Magnetic. And I haven't even listened to enough of the old stuff to have a, a fully fully fledged opinion. Understandable. I'm probably the I'm probably the wrong guest for your podcast. No, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, we, we we did well with talking about that, and that was, it was one I wanted to talk about on its own because it is so good. I think it needs the attention. Oh, yeah. um, so Which we did uh, kind of talk about the second one too, but still, right? Well, I, no, I, it, but it, it is just kind of like it, the second one is just kind of, and that's the reason that I can't get on board with the second one as much as because so much of it is just a rehash of the first. Right. Well, when I said that, I was just meaning like I didn't want to combine it with load or reload, or I didn't want to oh yeah, combine yeah. it with garage ink or anything like that. It just felt like one that kind of stood oh, on its own because yeah. it's so different. It needed its um, own its own episode. Yeah. So I will let the listeners hear my album uh, listing, and this will probably change at some point because it's always based on my mood at the time. But at number one, I do Black Album, Master of Puppets, Reload, Load, Death Magnetic, Garage Inc., Ride the Lightning, and Justice for All, Hardwired, Kill Em All, and Saint Anger brings up the tail end as it should um honestly if i could just leave it off i would um, wait so you don't have snm or snm2 on on your i didn't because know we live were, i guess or i just honestly wasn't thinking about it and because yeah. this actually was inspired by <laughs> once again something on facebook memories um greg's uh a, a post he had done nine years ago or so yeah no i saw it i and, think i commented something stupid on it you did oh yeah, yeah. Tan, oh, oh, tan oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we uh he didn't include it, so that's just why I didn't. Um, but yeah, if I was to include, oh God, I don't know where I'd put S and M. It's too difficult. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, especially because it's like, well, I like the song, but there might be songs on on S and M that you like better than the studio version. There might be songs that you like worse than the studio version. Right. I know. For there was a period where I disliked the S and M version of Hero of the Day. Okay. Because I liked the original so much, and then I kind of came back around on it. Um. But yeah, no, there was a there was a period where I disliked it. But hmm. you know. a random hot take, because and I I don't know why. I think maybe because I still don't really, don't really know why. I did not like Hero of the Day for a little while, um, but I definitely came back around on it and uh, appreciate it now. But there was a period in time where I just would kind of skip that one all the time. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't think it's uh, once I started listening to the studio version, like I never would skip it. And I, mm-hmm. you know, before I got my first iPod, it was on one of my one of my twenty-something CDs, <laughs> my, <laughs> right. one of my twenty-something burned CDs that I had instead of playlists. Right. I okay. found those recently. And I oh, put them okay. all, yeah, I put them all in my car because I have like the multi CD changer, but I don't listen to them. I just <laughs> I listen to podcasts <laughs> or Spotify on my phone in the car. <laughs> Sadly, most of my um, burnt CDs 
are scratched up really bad just because I didn't take as good a care of them because oh. I didn't spend much money on them. Whereas like studio albums, I took really good care of because they cost money. Whereas mm-hmm. I felt like burnt CDs was, you know, it's pretty minimal, uh, especially if you got like a spindle of a hundred. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that my car is the only CD player I have anymore. My computer doesn't even have a CD drive now. Mine doesn't either. It's sad. Because I don't I've have a DVD player either. <laughs> I used to use my old laptop as my DVD, as like my DVD and Blu-ray player. Um, but for the most part, we just watch digital stuff. Right. But yeah, because I'm like, well, we have a vinyl. We have a, a record player. Nice. That's become, because I never normally bought stuff at concerts because the t-shirts didn't fit me. But lately, what I do, if I go to a to a show, I buy a koozie and a uh, vinyl. Nice. So, random question. Uh, what's the last concert you went to, obviously, pre-COVID? But... That is a very good question. Um, I believe it was the Proto Men. Okay. In July of last year. Um. I think that was it. Yeah, it was at uh, so there's a venue in Atlanta, uh, Terminal West, and it's a great concert venue for like sort of small venue. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Typhoon there twice. I've seen the Proto Men there. I've seen Not a Surf there. It's, that's uh, Reddy's favorite band. Uh, I've seen Carbon Leaf there. Um, no, it's just it's a great venue, and and one of my friends got married there. But uh, oh, sweet, yeah. So uh, they've uh, so I I. Did, I saw the Proto Men and I bought their first two albums on vinyl uh, because the second album actually like the vinyl is a giant like book like the case mm. of it is a giant book that's actually like a pop up when you go through the story because right. uh, yeah you know that band there uh, they they do concept albums based on Mega Man mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so uh, they had like a pop up book of the story and that was kind of cool. Um, so I think that was the last one I went to. Uh, the last like giant concert I went to was probably a year before that, and it would have been Smashing Pumpkins uh, when Russell oh, came. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You remember the venue that you and I and Keith and Matt saw, um, and I think Greg saw Foo Fighters at. Mm-hmm. It was that same venue. Oh, sweet! I liked yeah. that one a lot. Um, it was much better than most big venues I've been to. So, yes. um, yeah. Because we actually got semi close to Foo Fighters, whereas yeah, um, oh, we were places... not we were not semi close to Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> right, right. We were pretty far out, but there was they had, it was a good show, and I thought it was it was a good combination of hits and deep tracks. Um, nice. They did they even did uh, the end is the beginning is the end. Oh, sweet! Yeah. I always loved that one, um, and was oh, so happy see. when it was used in the Watchmen trailer. But like that was one of the uh, Batman and Robin songs that I loved and listened to on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I saw, and then I guess a little bit before that, a few months before that, uh, I saw Foo Fighters at uh, the Georgia Tech Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, also with Russell. Right. But I have not been to as many big concerts. Now, I will say, before this whole quarantine happened, I had tickets, backstage passes, and first-class plane tickets that I splurged on right. to go to L.A. and see the Juliana Theory. It has been rescheduled for this June, but... My brother, who lives out there, is moving back to Alabama. So now I'm going to have to get a hotel. No! Because <laughs> so, I don't have a free place to stay anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Juliana Theory, did you see the podcast he was recently on, uh, Brett Detter? Um, I saw that they have one. I have not listened to it yet. 
you need to. It's really cool. And sadly, I don't know why you would choose to do this, but the second part's not going to come out until November. But yeah, it's really weird. They did a two part, but they're uh, not. What is the premise of it again? I remember it being something. It's a tooth and nail um, podcast. Um, and it was a little annoying right after Brett finished talking. Um, the head of tooth and nail, of course, went in to kind of defended giving them a crappy record deal. Um, but still, at least they didn't cut out him talking trash about well, I mean, he didn't really talk like bad, bad about tooth and nail, but he definitely, he definitely talked about if you're in a band, get a lawyer before you sign a contract, like definitely. Um, so, um, but yeah, that, that was a good one. I was going to pull it up the name, yeah. the name. It's because, uh, and I remember when, when he played in Atlanta and you came to town and we actually hung out with him for a little bit, talked a lot about, yeah, we did, uh, you know, we, we kind of did that for a little while and it just, it was what we had to do to get right. Out. Yeah, that was actually, I remember we didn't read the email before we saw them um, in Pittsburgh, realizing we could have hung out with them after the show because they weren't going to leave until the bar kicked them out. But we didn't know that, and we were also starving. Three hours early. Right. Because we didn't want to fight Pittsburgh traffic because we didn't know if Pittsburgh traffic was a thing or not. Well, and if it had actually been downtown Pittsburgh and not like a suburb of Pittsburgh, I think it was Millville is actually whatever it was. Yeah, Millville um there was not traffic um no. but we didn't know um but i remember being so mad when i read the email later i'm like crap we could have hung out with them so yeah. getting to see them uh, a few years later um was really cool because yeah we hung out with them probably like 30 minutes or so like it was pretty significant it was, yeah it was great and then yeah and uh you met that girl <laughs> <laughs> No, that was oh, that was at the first Juliana Theory show. I, I thought you, I thought you were talking about the Brett Detter show. Oh no, I was talking about the Juliana Theory show. Okay, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the Juliana Theory one I was going to plug was uh, it's called Labeled. It's the name of the um, the podcast. Labeled the stories, rumors, and legends of Tooth and Nail. But yeah, the first part it's just called Juliana Theory Part One. Came out September tenth. And so, like I said, it annoys me they're not putting it out again until November, but whatever. I'm going to definitely listen to it because I love hearing Brett talk. Like, I'm so behind on podcasts, too, because that's the other thing that I mainly listen to in the car or in the office. Right. (laughs) And, like, at home, I don't know why I don't listen to them at home. Like, when I listen to podcasts at home, it's either while I'm drawing, because it's it's Inktober right now, so I'm drawing pictures every day. Um, Or it's, like, while I'm doing dishes or something, I might turn on a podcast. I do it when I'm doing laundry. Um... And putting up laundry. That's when I do podcasts the most. Or listen Yeah, to I them. usually watch something when I'm doing laundry. I don't really know oh, why. Because okay. I keep having to pause it to go put stuff away. Right, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> so I just have to do the podcast then. So I um, remember watching the Venom movie while I was doing laundry and not even pausing it because it was well, just that boring. Right, there's no need to. <laughs> it, that movie was still better than I thought it was going to be, but obviously it's by no means good. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, so... Uh, I guess we should talk about the network we're on. We're on Lilo Pod, Lilo Podcast Network, which um, has got uh, your other show, Ninety to Nothing, with Russell. Uh, it's got DC for You with Todd and Russell. Um, and is there any other show on there currently? I think that's only two, or we're the only three. No, no, uh, we don't do ad reads on Ninety to Nothing. So we don't know. I don't know what the other shows. Are. I download them all so that they'll do well. Um... I definitely listen to them, Todd, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm pulling it up right now. No, we're the only 
because they did like an introduction special, but that's yeah, where it's just been three shows so far, just like multiple episodes. Um, so I know yeah. you almost recently did the Rocketeer that came yeah, out. We did Rocketeer, uh, and we we pitched our Rocketeer cinematic universes crossing over with everything else. Um, nice. <clears throat> our first episode, I'm still kind of proud of, was the Edward Scissorhands episode, because we take the idea that it's the whole thing is framed on a grandmother telling a story to her granddaughter. Is she telling a true story, or mm. is she just making a story up? I haven't listened to that one yet because I've not seen that movie, but maybe once ever, and that's been so many years ago that I, I'm like, I need to re-explore this first. Yeah. Um, so uh, follow Lilo Podcast on Twitter. Uh, just like, uh, yes, L-I-L-L-O Podcast is the Twitter handle. Uh, my Twitter handle is now Sunday underscore groove underscore. Um, and also follow me on Instagram if you want. It's sundaygroove.lillo. Um, and it's mostly podcast related, but I do other music related stuff on there as well. And occasional movie related stuff. So, yeah, follow us on there. Um, do you want to promote your Instagram Sure, yeah. Twitter? So if, if you want to see pictures of food and my pets, I am on Instagram at Mr. Woodles. You spell out Mr. and Woodles is spelled the way you'd think it would be. Right. Uh, if you want to see a bunch of fart jokes, left-wing political views, and bad pop culture takes, you can go to Twitter and follow Mr. Woodles. Uh, those are really <laughs> the two. Don't add me on Facebook. I'll right. You. Yeah, I used to. I used to tell people, and I'm like, we're not, no, we're not friends. Go right. Away. Exactly. <laughs> well, originally, I was like, well, if you send me a message, maybe if we have a conversation, and I'm like, I don't really want that. So yeah. if you do that on t- Twitter or. Um, Instagram, I might be okay with that because I would like to see your list. That was the whole point of me uh, giving my Metallica list. Like, so definitely send that to me on Twitter or uh, Instagram. I would love to see that. I'd also like to have um, any kind of podcast recommendations, like episodes, because next month I have my Sin Anger slash Death Magnetic episode, and then I'll most likely do a part five with combining all the '80s albums just to talk about. But I've not booked that one yet. But the Sun Anger and Death Magnetic is already in the can. So that will be coming out probably in November. Um, I, I keep toying with whether I'm going to switch to twice a month or just stick with once a month. Once a month is easy to keep, so I might just keep with that. But um, but I, I have ideas for afterwards, but I'm also curious for suggestions because I've had some pretty fun episodes came off suggestions. Um, so yeah, uh, that's what's coming up on Sunday Groove. If you're ever bored, which I doubt you are this bored, but my old episodes are still on um, Place to Be Nation Pop. Uh, I was happy to see that. Um, and we currently can be heard on Spotify, Podbean, and Apple Podcast. So we're kind of all over the place. And um, but appreciate your support. Uh, let people know about us. Uh, we're we just formed just a few months ago so we're still very new um but do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners no i don't think so uh i know that the next episode of 90 to nothing will be sister act and i don't think we actually took any kind of original take with that we just talked about the movie Mm -hmm. um the one after that is going to be fun though okay nice and this one's fun too like i like sister act and russell likes sister act and we talk about liking sister act (laughs) 30 minutes or so. Right, right. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, like I said, come back next month for another Metallica episode. Um, I will eventually be talking about other musical topics, but for now, um, thanks for listening, and I will catch you down the road. 
squeeze it in, crush it down. All within my hands, hold it dear, hold it suffocate and hold within my hands, love to death, smack you round and round and hold within my. 